All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy here with you, and excited to get this guy on. One of my favorite uh, longtime writers, and he's got a new book out. Couldn't be more excited to uh, get this one open. Just got my hands on a copy, so ready to uh, delve into it. He is, uh, you know him from ESPN.com, of course, a senior writer at ESPN, the magazine. Wright Thompson joins us now on the show. Wright, how are you, sir? I'm great, man. How are you? We're doing good, man. Uh, the new book called uh, The Cost of These Dreams. Really excited to delve into it and read it, but it's so interesting uh, looking at the book. These aren't all sunshine and happy rainbow stories, right? I mean, th- these are stories that deal with turmoil, torture, people facing real hard issues. Tell us a little bit about the book. Well, it's a it's a collection of sports profiles and and stories about people who really want to be great, and it follows them as they both try to be that and then try to deal with the aftermath. I mean, it's interesting to me that I feel like a lot of us, uh, you know, spend 45% of our life trying to be something, 10% of our life being it, and then like 45% of our life dealing with having been it. And I think that is especially true for athletes whose life's work is often so compressed and happens so early in life. And, you know, all the ways in which they teach themselves to get approval and to feel good about themselves and to feel self-worth, those are all just immediately one day taken from them. And very often, by the way, it's their own body that takes it away from them, which makes them sort of oddly complicit in it. And it's just really difficult for people to find a second act or to figure out how to enjoy the fruits of the first act. I'm a uh, diehard uh, Saints fan, uh, born and raised in New Orleans. Uh, I saw you got a chapter on that. Tell me a little bit about that one. Well, I mean, I love New Orleans so much. I used to work for the Times-Picayune, and I mean, I just think New Orleans is, I mean, it's my favorite American city. (laughs) I think it is, uh, you know, it's such its own place. And the, the emotion of the Saints winning the Super Bowl, I mean, I was with my good friend John Currents, and we were at the Super Bowl with Miami, and and we just cried in the stands <laughs> like children. I mean, it was ugly, like ugly cried, like <laughs> not like like cried because <laughs> of how much we thought New Orleans might be gone, and how this felt like proof that it wasn't. I'll never forget. I have a good friend uh, who was fortunate enough to you know, have the money to do this, but they were evacuating New Orleans and they were one of one of the last private planes out of Lakefront before just the whole airspace was shut down. And so they flew over to Lake Charles and landed and spent the night. And then the next day, I guess it had probably been that Tuesday after Katrina, they were flying back, maybe a couple of days later that Tuesday, they were going to fly back and go to Destin and just sort of figure out what to do next. And they'd ask the pilot, hey, let us know when we're above New Orleans. And the, the plane is in the air, and the pilot's like, we're above New Orleans. But something, maybe the instruments are wrong, because they're all looking out of the window, and it's just pitch black. There's not a single light. Wow. And the guy's like, my instruments tell me we are directly above New Orleans. Wow. And there was nothing. And they all talked about, like, that's it. It's never coming back. And so when the Saints won that Super Bowl, for a lot of people, all of those pent-up emotions came pouring out. I mean, that's what is beautiful about sports, whether it's the Astros winning or the Saints winning, is that 
this is much bigger than like when you when you sort of reduce sports to who's getting hired and who's getting fired and you know what locker room drama you, you shrink them because what they really are are a way for us to understand ourselves and the place we call home. You, you mentioned you got your uh, early start at, at the times picking in, in New Orleans. What do you what do you remember most about your time there? I mean, Peter Finney. Do you remember Peter Finney? Absolutely. Like, this is an unbelievable. This is. I don't mean to just be telling Katrina stories, but this is unbelievable. So, I guess it would be the Tuesday. The city's <laughs> filling up with water, and the state troopers had blocked off I-10. Finney lived in the French Quarter in the house where he grew up, which I just love. And so Finney was going to get in his car and drive to Baton Rouge for the Les Miles weekly luncheon. <laughs> and he pulls up to the interstate, and there's a state trooper, and the state trooper looks over and goes, oh, hello, Mr. Finney, because he was the most famous person in town. And so the state trooper's like, excuse me, and he backs his car up and lets Peter Finney up on I-10. <laughs> and so as he's the only car on I-10. And when he walks into the press conference luncheon, everybody's like, how'd you get here? And he's like, I don't know, he's... He's Peter Finney. He and I pulled up one time because uh, he used to do the Saints, and then Dave Lagarde would always do the colleges. And for whatever reason, Finney was going to do an LSU-Tennessee game. It was the first LSU game after 9-11. And uh, our flights were canceled, so we had to drive. And we pulled up to Neyland Stadium. And I'll just never forget, Finney just looks up at the stadium, and with, like, with no irony, he just was like, huh, I haven't been here since 1958. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, the last time I was at this stadium, Billy Cannon was the starting tailback for LSU. And I was just like, Peter Finney was writing sports for World War, for writing sports for the Times Picayune the day World War II ended. (laughs) And he was still there writing columns when I got there. It's unbelievable. No, I mean, he's, he's, he was, he was one of the best. And then obviously everyone in New Orleans remembers him. Uh, Talking with Wright Thompson, uh, the the new book out, uh, The Cost of These Dreams. What story didn't make the cut for the book? Was there one or two you had to leave on the floor that didn't make the cut? Oh man, there are a lot of them. They're all my babies. Sort of like (laughs) your children. Like, you both love them and are really annoyed by them. Right. Uh, but, it, you know, ultimately I had to let the Penguin people make the call. So, look, I just can't be the one to cut this. I just remember I spent nine months of my life on it. Now it's just like, oh, yeah, that's out. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What do you mean that's out? So, anyway, I finally just had to cede power because I was going to have a nervous breakdown. Right. That's that's funny. Um, I, I love the, uh, the pieces – uh, throughout the year on, on ESPN and College Game Day. Who who had those ideas for you to write just these little pieces? about? I mean, because tailgating and everything that goes into College Game Day, I mean, it's it's almost poetic, really. I mean, the, the poems and things like that can write themselves when you talk about the leaves changing and just the feel in the air of college football. Well, I mean, it's uh, all credit goes to the folks who run that show. I mean, for, it was Lee Fitting, first of all, who did a lot of that, who asked me to uh, – all the golf stuff was a guy named Mike McQuaid who runs our golf coverage. Uh, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff that's going to air during the Masters broadcast, and that's just because McQuaid is kind enough to subject America to my voice. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I think my mom likes it, and that's just about it. The, uh, but, like, you know, it, it's we got some really smart people who work at our place, so I'm very grateful. <laughs> uh, what event is on your bucket list to cover that you have not yet? I've never been to an Olympics, and it just doesn't – I don't know why. Uh, (laughs) 
I mean, and also I'm trying to think. Like I've never, I've never been to Wimbledon. I'd like to go to Wimbledon. Okay. I was gonna say. I mean, you've 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 seen and done a, a lot of stuff. That's why there's yeah. always got to be one or two things still on the bucket list that you that you didn't get to do yet. Yeah, I think that would be that. I'd like to go to a Champions League final. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's there are a couple of things. Uh, mostly, I just want to sit on my couch and watch it on my enormous <laughs> television. <laughs> I'm with you, man. The, the day and age with high definition TV and all that, I'm fine sitting on my couch most Saturdays like, nowadays. Like, Wait a minute. You want me to go sit in traffic and then deal with these drunk morons in this stadium and pay $11 for a terrible Aramark hot dog when I can just fire up the green egg and I have my refrigerator? No, I think I'm going to stay home. Yeah, seriously. He is right, Thompson. Last thing for you right before we uh, wrap things up. Give me uh, give me your favorite place to eat in New Orleans. Where is it? Oh, my God. My favorite, pl- I mean, my favorite place to eat in New Orleans is absolutely Clancy's. Okay. If I had one meal left in the world, it would be at Clancy's probably. I, I mean, the, and I got the order. I get the same thing every time. I get either turtle soup or gumbo, depending on which one they have. Then I get veal enunciation, and then I get the peppermint ice cream. Nice. Got to get the peppermint ice cream. And then, uh, no, I, I love that place so much. He is right, Thompson. Right, can't uh, can't wait to dive into the book, man. It's called "The Cost of These Dreams." It's out right now. Go get your copy. And uh, can't thank you enough for coming on, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Anytime. Thank you so much. All right, thanks a lot, bud. Right, Tom- right, Thompson. There, uh, ESPN.com, ESPN, the magazine, senior writer. He is uh, one of the best writers to ever do it. And um, again, spent a lot of time in New Orleans, working for the Times Picayune, and. Man, it's uh, the guy's going on a tremendous success, and again, like I say, can't say enough about his work. He really is one of the best. So uh, again, if you get a chance, go check out uh, his new book, "The Cost of These Dreams." It's a bunch of assorted different stories and profiles on different athletes and sports people, and really is a you know tremendous storyteller. So it's Chris Gordy show. We'll take a, a quick break. We'll be back more coming up after this. Stay there.